0: if you're a general contractor, a subcontractor, or an owner, you want your jobs to be on time and on budget. And that means working with Autodesk Construction Cloud, software that lets your team design, plan, build, and operate from office to field. It means getting end-to-end solutions, seeing project data in real time, and preventing problems before they happen. Trusted on over 2 million construction jobs around the world, build with Autodesk Construction Cloud. Try it free today at construction.autodesk.com.
2: We thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is a nationally recognized gerontologist, named one of the nation's top 50 influencers in aging by Next Avenue, a graduate of Trinity University. She has a master's degree in social gerontology from the University of the Incarnate Word. She's been involved in the field of aging for some 30 years. And Carol, it is great to see you.
3: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be back with you.
2: Well, we see each other on Zoom. For those of you listening, uh, you only get the pleasure of our voices. And one of the topics that we are taking up uh, this segment with uh, someone who has really helped seniors and others who uh, may predecease their pets is exactly that. For those of us who are pet owners, pet carers, and, and uh, have animals, uh, there is a concern if we were to die, what happens to them?
3: I know. It, it's really an important topic and often um, overlooked, so I'm so glad that Lisa could join us today.
2: Well, let's introduce uh, Lisa Gray with Cornerstone Hospice and Palliative Care. Uh, She's the proud mom of two dogs and four horses. The last rescue, Scrat, was adopted from one of her patients who didn't know anyone uh, that wanted him to go to. Uh, she began working in the whole area of uh, peace of mind for pets and has implemented the National Pet Peace of Mind Program into her hospice work uh, beginning in 2011. And and one of the things, uh, Lisa Gray, we welcome you to join us. Uh, It's such an important topic. What happens to people and their pets when the pet owner dies?
4: Well, if they don't have a plan and if they don't have a hospice with a Pet Peace of Mind program, a lot of times the pets end up either loose out on the streets or in a shelter. And that's exactly where all of us pet parents don't want our pets to go. So it's better for everybody to have a plan in place ahead of time. You don't have to be ill. You don't have to be old. But if you have a pet, you need to have a plan in place, either with a family member or a friend or possibly make arrangements with a rescue or a retirement home in advance. None of us ever know when something will happen to us where we could end up in the hospital or in a car accident. And it's very, very important to know where your pet is going to go if something happens.
3: You know, Lisa, as you're talking, I was thinking about all the emergency preparedness plans, you know, for fire and tornado. And, you know, there's so many natural disasters these days. Um, not to mention illness and uh, uh, and maybe chronic illnesses that make it difficult to care for a pet. And it's something that's so important to us, but it's probably the pet is not until the emergency hits um, the where our brains are going. We're not thinking about our pet.
4: Well, even our patients coming on to Cornerstone Hospice, a lot of them don't have a plan and haven't even had a chance to think about it until we bring it up on the admission when we do advanced directives.
3: That's interesting. Well, and that's a great, when, it's great that you asked the question, um, as I think there are a lot of places that may not be screening for, you know, the all important pet that's part of the family.
2: Now, it's one thing to ask the question, Lisa, can you help facilitate placement for those animals? As you point out, you're not a rescue group, What is it you tell them, and how do you facilitate placement after someone passes?
4: If there's an urgent need and somebody doesn't have a plan in place, Uh, we have volunteers that will go out and take photos, have paperwork signed, we get everything set up, make flyers, and we have a very large pet community. And everybody just shares the information. And so far, we have always been fortunate enough to place every pet that we've tried to find a home for.
2: And I'm sure you'd like to see this spread nationwide.
4: Absolutely.
2: Can folks get a model for how to do this? Do you have a website where they can go?
4: Yes, actually, the National Pet Peace of Mind program uh, has a website, and they help all hospices implement a pet program into their into their hospice it's
2: interesting of all the shows we've done on hospice we haven't really talked about this subject yet and we're so grateful for you to bring it up by the way if you've just joined us you're listening to caregiver sos on air i'm ron aaron along with our co-host carol zernio we're talking to lisa gray she's with cornerstone hospice and palliative care and we're talking about how to place pets uh when the owner passes Uh, I remember when uh, Katrina hit New Orleans, uh, San Antonio set up a rescue center at one of the air bases and people were bused uh, from New Orleans here. And one of the challenges they had initially, they would not let pets on board those evacuation buses. And many people said, no, we're not leaving. We're going to stay here. And so they ultimately uh, changed the rules and let people bring their pets with them. And Lisa, my guess is you'd be supportive of that.
4: Absolutely. Everybody should be able to take their pet with them. And we've had several instances where we had owners who were in the home and needed to go into a hospice house or were actively dying. And it was so difficult for them to leave their pet. And some of them refused Said, I'm not going to leave my pet unless somebody promises me they will take care of them.
3: Yeah, well, I think we're beginning to understand just the therapeutic benefit of a pet i mean you do hear about therapeutic animals but um i'm my uncle was in a nursing home and the nursing home had a nursing home cat and the cat would go to room to room and my uncle just loved that cat he loved the cat then the nursing home became under new management and the new um administrator said you know cats carry disease it could carry infection we don't know it's bad and he got rid of the cat oh my goodness the residents were devastated and my uncle especially it was horrible
2: what a terrible decision it were they able trouble. to get it reversed
3: no 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 the cat went had to go live someplace else every once wow. in a while the cat would get out from where he it was a small town where he lived and he would come by the window and oh they could see him but yeah eventually he just disappeared but it was very sad it was very sad and it was a you know um i think for those of us in the business of helping older persons or persons with chronic illness or illness uh, like palliative care and hospice um, understanding those relationships uh, and the therapeutic value of the animals in people's lives is is probably you know one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show lisa
2: And Lisa, share with us how you hit on this solution. What is it that led you uh, to deal with trying to help these pets?
4: We've just seen too many people who struggle when they die and there's just no peace. And then the pets are so stressed out from not knowing what's going to happen to them. And they, they go through the same grieving process that we do. Not everybody recognizes the signs. pet's grieve too and so many of them have just laid right on their owner's chest as they died and you know they've been loyal all those years and they really deserve to have a good home a place to go after their pet parent has died uh it was really uh our best scenarios are when somebody has a plan ahead of time the pet gets to know that person the owner gets to know that person and it is so much easier for everybody. Um, when I got Scrat, I was taking, um, I was going in to visit his dad, and his home, and to get to know Scrat. And he taught me he all of the crazy things to look out for that Scrat does, like steal food. And um, it was a really nice, easy process. By the time. I took Scrat in to visit with him and then he went into a facility and we continued to visit and it just made it so much easier, not just on his owner, Ronnie, but also on Scrat and for me because I knew all the little shenanigans to look out for.
2: How do you keep from adopting every one of these pets?
4: It is very, very difficult and I have to say I'm really proud of myself that Scrat is the first uh, pet peace of mind dog I've adopted. And I've been doing this for 10 years, but um, I've always been able to find good homes and that really makes all the difference in the world. As long as I know that they have a good pet parent to go to.
2: Now, the other thing I noticed and and good for you, we know many people are really having difficulty uh, having enough money just to survive on, and paying for food, and vet bills, and what have you for their pets. How have you been able to help them with those expenses?
4: We have a wonderful community, and they donate to our Pet Peace of Mind program, and we are able to help our patients with their pets if they don't have the money. And uh, we pay for basic vaccines, and some vet appointments, flea treatment, tick, Treatment and uh, food. We just order from Chewy, have it delivered directly to their home, and uh, make sure that everybody has a chance to, to eat and be taken care of.
2: Now, for those who don't know, Chewy is a website uh, and a uh, pet supply operation, chewy.com, and uh, that's where you get your supplies for these pets. Yes. Carol?
3: One of the programs that the Wilma Charitable Foundation we will uh, have local drives is the Animals Project which is a partner of Meals on Wheels. And we help purchase pet food uh, for people who are on the Meals on Wheels because we find that sometimes um, it is the pet who's getting the home delivered meal if there's not enough food in the house. Uh, and so uh, we wanna help our, home, our you know, homebound older persons Uh, on the Meals on Wheels routes be able to get eat their own food and have food for their pet and so we do a fundraiser and we drop off the Meals on Wheels routes will drop off packages of food for the pet when they drop off the meal and we just finished a drive for that uh, in one of our areas.
2: We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zirnial and our special guest Lisa Gray with Cornerstone Hospice and Palliative Care. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air.
0: Hello, friend. Hello, friend. Really good to see you once again. Hello, friend. Hello,
2: friend. Oh, really good to see you once again. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernell, And then our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, Lisa Gray, with Cornerstone Hospice and Palliative Care. He's gotten involved with the National Pet Peace Mind Program, Pet Peace of Mind Program, trying to help the pets of folks who are in hospice, who will in many cases predecease their pets. Uh, And and as one in in a previous life, I ran a rescue uh, operation, a shelter for dogs and cats in San Antonio. And one of the issues that every shelter has is will you adopt to somebody who's up in years? Are you afraid to make that adoption? Because you know they may predecease uh, the pet that they are adopting. And our view was, and we made that commitment to everyone who adopted if you predecease your pet, we'll bring the pet back and rehome that animal as a way uh, to get that uh, particular animal a great home. In your case, Lisa, as you take a look at folks in hospice, until people start talking about this, Uh, it's not necessarily top of mind, is it? Do people think about what will happen after they die?
4: No, it's not. Um, Very seldom has somebody thought about their pet ahead of time. They've been so busy going to doctor's appointments and trying to get everything taken care of on their end that they really haven't. And also, it's really a difficult subject because those are their children and nobody wants to think about them going someplace else or something happening to them but it is so important to be proactive and to have a plan in place either friends or family or a rescue someplace where you know that your pet will go and they will be safe
2: and when you go to someone's home uh, in 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 the hospice program do you bring up that topic Uh, do you say gee what's going to happen a little fluffy here
4: Yes, we do. Uh, We even have a pet planning guide uh, that we give to all of our patients with pets and just to let them know that they need to be thinking about a plan for their pet.
3: Well, I would think in advanced directives, I mean, it'd be very similar that you would want to identify someone who might take your pet and then have that conversation because what you don't want to do is assume that, oh, my son or my daughter, or my neighbor will take my pet only to find out they're really not interested or can't. No, and it's a difficult discussion to have, but you do need to bring up the discussion.
4: You can't assume somebody will take your pet, or even if they've agreed to it, you want to check in at least every year to make sure they are still able um, to take your pet in. It needs to be in writing. It's very important that it's
3: in writing. Does that increase the level of commitment of the person taking the pet? It does. So they know that they signed on on the dotted line.
2: And and who should you look for? Because most shelters are full and aren't looking for new pets. Uh, How do you find someone who will take that pet, Lisa?
4: We have a very large pet community. Uh, We send it out to all of the vets. We put it on our Pet Peace of Mind Facebook page and we post flyers everywhere. And just to make everybody aware of of the pet that we have, we get the photos, we get the description, we cover the cost of vaccines if they haven't had them. And um, so far, we've been able to reach enough people that we've been able to find homes, and most of them are senior pets.
2: And what do the pet owners say to you in, in the hospice program? Are they relieved?
4: Yes, it is probably the most important thing they can do to bring themselves peace before they die.
3: I just, was just thinking about that, that peace because, you know, somebody in a situation with a limited amount of time and there's, there's so many things and, and that, that idea of being able to provide that person peace of mind just really resonates with me.
4: Share with us
2: some of the anecdotal stories about uh, pets you've been able to place in the families that you've worked with.
4: Well, we've, um, well, actually my, my little, my little sweetie, Scrat, he's really a, a good example. His, um, I received a call from his daughter and uh, Ronnie and he did not have a plan for his pet. He did not know of anybody who he wanted uh, to have him. And he asked me to come out and please, you know, just, help him see if there was anything he could do. He had already actually made plans to have him euthanized because he was concerned about him ending up out in the street or in a shelter. Wow. So um, we got the paperwork filled out. I got all the information and I fell head over heels madly in love, even though Scrat's 10 and a half. He is a senior. He acts like he's 10 and a half months, (laughs) but um, I was taking him. I was going into the home and I got to know Scrat and took him for walks. And the more Ronnie got to know me and what a pet fanatic I was, uh, the better he felt about me taking Scrat. Uh, a few months later, he went into a nursing home and I was taking Scrat in to visit him. And uh, he, we, we were with him just moments before he died. And that was his wish to be with Scrat at the time he wow. died. No, that's
2: what a blessing for you. Thank you for doing that.
4: Well, thank you. Yeah. It, it brought peace to everybody, including Scrat because he didn't have to go to some stranger or sit in some cage at a shelter.
2: Right now, is it just dogs and cats? I know in our house, God forbid we all pass away. We've got a bearded dragon. We've got a Guinea pig. We've got a bait of fish. we got a cat. we got a dog. Uh, have you placed other than dogs and cats?
4: So far, we've only placed uh, parrots, parakeets, and finches, but um, we are willing to help with cows, horses, or bearded dragon, or a guinea pig, or anything else that comes our way.
2: You mentioned parrots. People don't realize they live a long time.
4: Yes, and they do have to go to someone who knows how to take care of specifically parrots.
3: Yeah, you know, when you were talking about um meeting Scrat and spending time with him, uh, Ron knows that, you know, I I have I, I love to watch movies about robots and the recent Tom Hanks movie, Finch. Um, I'm not gonna give away the whole plot, even though you've <laughs> had most people have had plenty of time to see it, but the movie really is about the dog and and the man's relationship to his dog. Uh, so if you're wanting to see how you introduce a pet to someone new, even if he's a robot, Um, check out the movie Finch.
2: Great tip. And as you think about the work you've been doing, Lisa, uh, are other organizations, other hospice centers calling you for advice?
4: Yes. um, Actually the national pet peace of mind program has started this year on a mentor program. So anyone who wants to sign up to, implement pet peace of mind into their hospice uh we do have people who will mentor with them and yes i do get a lot of people calling uh with questions and we share paperwork and we share flyers uh several other hospices we've been sending our flyers back and forth on the pets that have been a little harder to place
3: when
2: say harder to place what does that mean
4: uh, one that some the ones that are harder to place are your older cats. Um, we have an abundance of cats in uh, Lake County, and we have um, older dogs that are sometimes not real healthy, even though we try to get them their health up to status. Um, those are a little more difficult to place.
3: Well, just because we have you and you talked about hospice and palliative, I don't want to go the show without you explaining the difference between hospice and palliative care, because there are people who don't know the difference. Well, hospice is for people
4: who have a terminally ill illness that is six months or less. And um, the, the really good thing about it is we like to get patients when we have the six months to take care of them. Uh, it's really difficult. To, uh, we have chaplains and social workers and home health aides and nurses and volunteers and pet peace of mind volunteers and Cornerstone Salute volunteers. And uh, we like to get in there and help as much as possible with as many things, as even financials. Um and the amount of time that they have. A lot of people come onto on our program with just a few days, and it's really hard to get help for them and their family and their four legged family uh, in a shorter amount of time. So the sooner somebody comes onto our program, the better.
2: People wait too long. Is that because they're in denial?
4: A lot of people are in denial, and a lot of times they're just trying really hard to do whatever their doctor says to try to heal themselves and unfortunately it doesn't always work but um yeah I think a lot of people just don't realize they think it's giving up and you're actually you're not giving up you're just coming up with a different set of goals to get more out of whatever life you do have it's not a death sentence it's about quality of life
2: and talk to us about palliative care
4: palliative care is is also comfort care, but it is for patients who have more than the six-month prognosis and they can still undergo some other treatments. And it whereas with Cornerstone Hospice or other hospices, it is a matter of having a less amount of time and having that as your care plan is only comfort measures. And with COVID-19
2: and the pandemic, how how were you able to uh, adjust to all of the isolation restrictions?
4: That has been very difficult on everybody, Um, staff, patients, uh, volunteers. But we've really done a great job of getting out there and seeing the patients. I have to do it in full PPE. And um, we have volunteers who have been calling and sending cards and everything we can to make them feel connected and cared for and loved even when, you know, we were on lockdown and we couldn't send the volunteers in. Are you able to send volunteers again right now? Yes. uh, We're sending them out to the homes and to some of the facilities. Not all facilities are
3: open up to everybody yet. Well, the, um, yeah, I just want to reinforce for those who are listening about palliative care and hospice yeah, um, my mother was on hospice when she had Alzheimer's and the, the hospice services, it's a, a different benefit. Um, if your loved one is on Medicare, it's a rich benefit. Um, it is absolutely worthwhile to investigate it. And it, it's not, it isn't giving up. It's, it's deciding that um, you have time and you want to spend that time well uh, and you want the best care possible. And I think hospice really allows for that
2: you find there is confusion in your community about hospice and palliative
4: care, Lisa? Yes, there is. And we have both palliative care doctors and hospice doctors to help on on both ends of the spectrum.
2: Well, that's cool. I really thank you for joining us. And again, uh, for those who want to learn more about pets and placement, uh, give us again that website for Pet Peace of Mind.
4: Okay. It's uh, petpeaceofmind.org. And they also have a Facebook page.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much, Lisa. Appreciate you coming on. For Carol Zernial, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zernial and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air.
0: If you're a general contractor, a subcontractor, or an owner, you want your jobs to be on time and on budget. And that means working with Autodesk Construction Cloud, software that lets your team design, plan, build, and operate from office to field. It means getting end-to-end solutions, seeing project data in real time, and preventing problems before they happen. Trusted on over 2 million construction jobs around the world, build with Autodesk Construction Cloud. Try it free today at construction.autodesk.com.